I'm delighted to be able to discuss the headlines today with Andrew Sullivan, the founder of Asian Market Sense, and Isaac Poole, who is Global Chief Investment Officer, Oriana Financial. Good morning to you both. Good morning. And I, I can see Andrew in the Admiralty studio, bright and breezy and with a big smile on his face. <laughs> anyway, but let's, let's click off. Uh, click, kick off. Click off. What did I talk about this morning? Let's kick off with President Xi Jinping concludes his first US visit in six years on a positive note amid a series of favourable developments on the economy. And that's add to Taiwan. And that's according to Bloomberg. So a kind of source outside of the mainland. Do you see it as positive for Xi? And how was it for Biden? Stuart? Isaac? Stuart? I think... Go, sorry, go on, Isaac. Oh, I was, I was going to say, I think um, we, we went into this with pretty low expectations for meaningful outcomes. Uh, and and really, this did help draw a bit of a line in the sand underneath relation, relations between the US and China. And, and that that's a good outcome relative to fairly low expectations. Um, yeah, over, overall, I think this uh, this does perhaps provide a bit of a pathway for, for relations between the two countries to at least not deteriorate. And that's that's a good outcome for President Xi. It's a good outcome for President Biden. Um, I mean, Overall, though, we we just need to be aware that there's an election next year in, in the US, and and we can't we shouldn't expect too much to be coming forthcoming from China in the next year because they'll be wary of of the risk of a new president and all that entails. So, um, yeah, this I think is a is a relative positive outcome, and uh, and and hopefully uh, draws a bit of a line in the sand for relations. And of course, the other um, thing coming up is what's happening in Taiwan. And it's looking likely that the pro-China coalition will be elected. How will that affect the dynamics? I think that's actually slightly in question now because the uh, at the weekend the two parties uh, had a bit of a falling out. Oh. So uh, we could see some some uh, changes there. But I mean, it's something that uh, you know was mentioned in the talks. It's a big red line for uh, China for the US to be doing anything on Taiwan. You know, outwardly, uh, but it still remains a, a, a bone of contention between them both. But I mean, as, as we said earlier, you know, the fact that the two of them talked, the fact that they said they'd pick up the phone if there was an incident, does just make you know the uh, the South China Sea and Asia in general slightly safer, and the world a safer place. Stuart, what would you like to build on? Isaac, sorry, I've got this all the wrong way round. <laughs> sorry, Isaac. <laughs> No, I, I, I very much agree um, with, with Andrew that that this this does make the world a safer place, uh, and, and at least hopefully uh, we can we can keep those relations uh, going. And I mean, when we think about that oh. from an investment view, that that is better. The, the, the tense geopolitical setting of, of the world over the last few years has has been a challenge for any investor, uh, uh, overseas investor in particular, looking to mo- uh, mobilise capital into China. And so, you know, if, if there is a bit of a line in the sand drawn here, we may see um, some foreign capital make its way back into Chinese markets. And, and that really has been missing over the last uh, last 12 months or so. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree with that. I mean, I think the thing is that certainly Xi at the uh, APEC forums was saying, you know, China is open for business, you know, and, and they really do need that. That you know, they they are still very much driven by this uh, export-driven model, 
the, the, the play at the dual economy to try and uh, uh, drive domestic consumption up hasn't really worked partly because of COVID, partly because of the overhang in the housing sector. Um, so he's, you know, they're saying the right things, but I think a lot of international investors will be wary to actually see you know, real proof on the ground before uh, committing that capital. Yeah, we wait to see that. And Andrew, I'd like to apologise for calling you Stuart, not only once, <laughs> twice. When you're looking at me on the TV set, and the only thing I can say, this is the danger of cutting and pasting, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no problem. Anyway, thank you for that. I really do apologise. OK, now I've got the names right. The stock market was going up last week as they um, were interpreting signs from the Fed as positive. On Friday, the stock markets were pretty flat as they interpreted the messages coming from the Fed as negative. What's going on here, Andrew? Well, I, I, I get a little bit perplexed by this because, uh, yeah, the markets are uh, really seemingly not believing Powell when he says he's going to keep rates higher for longer. You know, they're still hoping that any any piece of good news will meet and that he brings those rates down quicker. Um, and I don't think he's going to do that. But, you know, people want to be optimistic. I mean, this yeah. is going to be a big week. We've got NVIDIA's results on Tuesday. We've got a number of the uh, retail companies coming out with earnings and and of course we've got thanksgiving day and and then black friday so we'll get a pretty good insight into the the confidence of the u.s consumer this week yeah it's going to be a big week despite thanksgiving isaac yeah um, i mean it, it's been challenging for investors uh, looking at, at bond yields uh, that are that are really driving some of the volatility volatility in equity markets at the moment uh, and and the Fed is contributing to that by by effectively being on pause for now. I think the market has well and truly decided that the uh, the next move is probably cut rather than a hike. Uh, but the Fed wants to stay hawkish. They want to keep saying that uh, you know if inflation's high, we will hike again. That that's not especially credible at at this point in time. But the the longer they hold that line. Uh, the more risk we see of, of these sort of volatile weekly movements where uh, a, a bit of data comes out and supports the idea that the Fed's on pause, markets go up, uh, something comes out and, and you know, perhaps it's, uh, it's a little bit stronger and markets view that the Fed might actually deliver another hike and, and markets go down. And, and so, you know, the next six months is, is going to be a volatile period, I think, for investors. Yeah, very interesting. They're certainly looking at the Fed with a magnifying glass at the moment, and every little thing is making a major difference to the stock markets. Anyway, there's been quite a lot of positive data on the US recently. Can we expect a soft landing, Isaac? I, I think the soft landing is a is a bit of wishful thinking. We we just don't see them very often. Once the Fed hikes. Uh, and gets rates to restrictive, there is always an elevated risk that we see a recession. And and, and at these periods, the data tend to be a little bit confusing. Some of the data is good, some of it's bad, and we're bumping around this sort of uh, turning point, if you like, in the economy. I would highlight a couple of points to really focus in on. One is the unemployment rate. It is drifting higher. We're seeing weekly claim, weekly uh, initial jobless claims drift higher. The, uh, the labour market is not as strong as it has been and certainly not as resilient as people have been expecting. And the other other in, uh, indicator to really keep an eye on is the manufacturing pin. Uh, historically, it's been a great indicator of turning points. It's weakening at the moment. It's getting close to recessionary, recessionary levels. Uh, keep an eye there because I think, uh, I think we could see more softness coming. Andrew? Yeah, I think that's right. But I think, I mean, I think 
these days, because of the way the markets are set up, I mean, to say we're going to get a soft landing, you know, it, it's too broad a generalisation. We're still going to see certain sectors that are going to remain strong. Um, you know, obviously the AI sector that uh, is crucial at the moment could have a significant change and impact on, on, the, on, on the world economies, uh, let alone just the American economy. So, you know, I think uh, investors are going to have to be far more... Um, you know, sector orientated rather than looking for that broad general uh, generalization of a soft landing. But you don't see the AI bubble bursting any time soon, Andrew? No, well, I, I, as, as I, we're seeing the market, the data, you know, patchy um, and, and volatile, as, as was just said. I mean, it's there's no clear indications. And, and I think that's a lot to do with, you know, different sectors showing, you know, unusual strength. You know, you've got huge changes taking place in, uh, in the automotive industry. Uh, we've seen strikes there, which will worry the Fred about uh, wage inflation coming through. Um, but they're also struggling to, to get workers into other sectors. So it's, it's a very changing and dynamic economy at the moment. Uh, and that's why we're going to see this uh, continued volatility over the six, next six to nine months. And then we run into the, the US election in November. And that, again, will restrict the, uh, the Fed's ability to, uh, to cut or raise rates because it won't want to be seen uh, as being influential on that election outcome. OK, so you're actually saying they do less things before an election. What's that? Because well, they don't want to be seen to be putting popular stuff out there, and yeah, they want to maintain yeah. their neutrality as far as they can. I mean, they, are, they you know their mandate is the the economy and unemployment, uh, but they don't want to be seen as being political. Yeah, well, that's unlike the UK elections at the moment, where they're trying to cut taxes. Let's just say I got a big smile from Andrew there, so I think he knows what I mean. Anyway, let's move on to China, the world's next biggest economy. What's your view on the latest data on the economy and markets? It's a bit of a mixed picture, would you agree, Isaac? It, it is a bit of a mixed picture, picture, and, and China is a an economy that really suffered a, a recession through the pandemic, and and uh, and once lockdowns opened up we've seen a recovery it's just been tepid it's been slow and perhaps a little bit disappointing but we've had a lot of monetary policy and fiscal policy cumulatively over the last uh, several months and that that is starting i think uh, to show in the, in the data I, I don't think we can expect a big surge in growth from here but but we're, we're probably going to see china get close to its five percent target uh this year but over the next 12 months. I think they're wary of, of a US recession, they're wary of a global recession and, and so yeah. they're going to hold fiscal policy to, to deliver then. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Andrew? Yes, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, they're trying to change the economy, they're trying to build up their financial sector, they're trying to move money out of the housing sector and into high tech uh, and these are, you know, they're, they're, they're difficult problems to try and solve and to try and uh, coerce people to move their money gently. Um and, and that's causing them a big problem. They've got a, a, you know, a confidence problem, effectively. And I think also because they have in the past talked the market up and people have been disappointed, um, people are a lot more wary. A lot more cautious, yeah. But would you see opportunities in the 
China markets right now or anywhere else? I mean, I think certainly in China, you know, you've got those sectors that the government wants to focus on. You know, it's certainly in in, in batteries, in the EV market, uh, in the solar panel market, it's moving, you know, into higher tech. Uh, These are all things that the government wants to see happen and therefore it's going to support them. I think the worry is, though, that the the increased party presence does, you know, sort of cut down the entrepreneurship in China uh, and causes problems for the e-commerce sector and others that have been so popular recently. That's such a theme from what my guests have to say in general. Isaac? I mean, there are opportunities in Asia, in China in in general. It's just been a difficult market given the sentiment has been so negative. Uh, I mean, mean, more broadly, picking up on on the theme of of risk, uh, you can can still pick up a a US Treasury at the two-year close to 5%. Why not not take that income, take the downside, build some resilience? Mm. It's a difficult opportunity to avoid that. Anyway, I really enjoyed the conversation with Andrew Sullivan, a founder of Asian Market Sense. I need to make that up to you. And Isaac Paul, who is Global Chief Investment Officer at Oriana Financial. Have a good morning. Thank you.